My name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Home for Weird OCs. This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, my name's Jeff. Uh, I'm Hey Boots Online. I, uh, I post a lot of witches on my Twitter feed. That's about all I do publicly, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm a big fan of those witches. <laughs> I, I support that, especially since I think your display name is currently Swear Fealty to the Lunar Witch, which is great. Listen, Elden Ring is a good game, okay. <laughs> what what was the good game? Uh, Elden Ring. Ah, uh, I have not played Elden Ring. <laughs> it's okay, I'm sure someone who's listening has. Yes, probably quite a large portion of listeners uh, play Elden Ring, I'm guessing. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those games that I don't have... I don't have the time to devote to it that I would like to fairly devote to it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. I'm also very bad at it. So, like, even having the time, it doesn't help any. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, I don't think uh, you mentioned what your pronouns are. Um, they or he is fine. Use a he. Is what one does. Okay. I'm not too picky about Good it. Good to know. Um, I guess then we can go ahead and actually like start talking about the OC that you want to talk about today. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who are we talking about, Jeff? Uh, so I made up a character named uh, Brinza Mare for a Lancer game I was in for like two years. Uh, Lancer is a um, tabletop RPG mm-hmm. about fighting in giant mechs. Uh, it's Love by it. the It's by the um, author who did the, the, does the comic Kill Six Billion Demons, which is a very good webcomic. I also recommend that highly. Um, and okay. so kind of, I guess like the high concept I made for, for Bryn when I was kind of figuring out like what I want to do in like this game that's about like, you know, fighting in big robots is, is like your, your Gundam games or like your, any other sort of like anime that's like all around this stuff is like, what mm-hmm. would I Ultron. find interesting? <laughs> yes, exactly. Power Rangers. Exactly. So what I ended up coming down on is this, is, okay, there's like this military in the setting called Union. Uh, the, it's like the biggest power in this in this universe. And I thought, well, what about? Let me think about a guy who's like a former military like officer, right? And I thought about like what would be interesting about this because like I don't want to start off this thing like you want to have a have space like character development when you're you know kind of role playing through these types of stories, yeah. Especially yeah. knowing my friends who are also in this game. So what I started on uh, the high concept for him when I when I started sat down and wrote it was. Uh, Bryn was a starship captain, uh, specifically for like exploration ships that went out and did like light speed travel to go out and explore like new places where humans can can settle. Okay. Uh, and then okay. later they set up these jump gates so you can just kind of warp there immediately. But when mm-hmm. you're going out, you know, doing relativistic travel, uh, time is different for you than it is for everyone else. And so, kind of the the backstory was is he grew up on like a kind of a military planet. He's part of like one of the military families on this planet. He went through. You know, got his commission, became an officer, got assigned to a ship. And at the time mm-hmm. when he had like graduated, he was going to leave on his commission to go out and explore the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a fiance on this planet, and Uh-oh. he was like, "Okay, yeah." But he he was like, "Okay, let's let's go." And she was like, "Yes, I I will come with you. This is important to me. I will also accompany you on this trip because otherwise you're gonna be gone forever." Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately for him. As he was leaving, his fiance's father like intercepted that message. And, like, waylaid her and stopped her from going there. And Bryn was kind of a... He was kind of a, a wishy-washy dude at this time. Like, he was basically 
you joined the military because the thing the family did. You you got this role because that's kind of what was expected of you. And so he's standing there waiting to get on like a shuttle to go to ship. He's like, well, I have to leave. She must have decided she didn't want to come and got cold feet. And so he left. Oh, no. Yeah, so he goes. And uh, for him, it's like six years pass or something like that. Like mm-hmm. Not a long time. And for her, it's like 35. Oh, that's actually a pretty... <laughs> generous ratio when it comes to like I, I guess time dilation is that what you yeah, call it it may have been less i don't remember the exact numbers but the important thing is like it's been like a lifetime for him and like mm-hmm. this he's like an old lady now and it turns out i also because i thought it'd be a very interesting kind of a thing to deal with later in the campaign i said well what if like when he left she was pregnant and they had a child and he was gone this whole time and when he comes back and he like back into like the universe at large where she, where the, she could meet up with him again during the campaign. If he has like a daughter that's his age, like what would that be like? Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's what I sent my GM when when mm-hmm. before our first session, and she was like, "Oh, I like this. I this I have some good ideas for this thing." Interesting. Okay. Gosh, especially because the. I expect you will probably get into this as we talk more about Bryn, but like you've got you've got separated separated romantic partners, you got separated unknown parents, you have parents and adult children. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I, I, oh boy. all these sort of like kind of meaty <laughs> things that you can just get your teeth into, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, there's a little bit more before, like, the campaign was started. So, the backstory was, is the reason, because we, the the setting for the game is basically, like, we had, like, a mercenary company of, like, a bunch of, like, mech pilots. And I thought, well, how does he get there? So, mm-hmm. what I end up coming down on is, like, he goes out, does his exploration for however number of years he's doing it for. And mm-hmm. at some point, he has to, you know, go back to a station to, you know, dock, resupply, and, like, change out his, like, staff on the ship, right? Mm-hmm. So when this happens, um, his original crew was like re- was like reliable, and they all had signed up for like going out and doing like light speed travel and like being gone with their families for ages and whatever. They're all fine of it. Uh, turns out that the crew that was cycled onto his ship at this stopover had not been informed, and they were just kind of like just kind of forced into this. So as he was like docked at this like space station uh, and just like filling up paperwork with like the um, the dock master or whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. The crew mutinies and just, like, flies off with the ship. And so Uh-oh. now he's like, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I've, I've lost the whole ship. And uh, the military doesn't really uh, look kindly on that kind of thing, right? Like, just kind of losing your whole commission completely. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the, like, one of the generals at the time who was, like, related to, like, another character in this, in this campaign was like, I can make this problem go away for you. Uh, we'll just get you, like, kind of... Other than honorably discharged, uh, you can keep your pension, and uh, I'll make the problem go away, and you just owe me a favor. So that's what happened. So then he basically was like, well, now what I do? Uh, mm-hmm. The man was a soldier, right? Even though he was yeah. an officer. He, all he really knew was this lifestyle. So he said, well, what can I do now to like support myself in this universe now that I uh, have been kicked out of what was my whole life? Like the whole military thing. Mm-hmm. So he starts up like a mercy company and just kind of meets some other, you know, with a TTRPG, it's always a bunch of weird people you end up playing with, right? So, like, yeah. it's a bunch of, like, other characters 
and they uh they our first mission was we uh like took down some like pirates on like a, a small space station we got off of a planet and we mm-hmm. like, took it over as our base and like kicked the pirates out and and then it progressed from there to a bunch of crazy nonsense that mm-hmm. <laughs> as these games usually do yeah i mean that's <laughs> that i understand that you know every Every tabletop game, every system, every campaign is like is in its own separate contained universe, and very rarely do they interact. But I like to think that it is a truth universally acknowledged that you will be able to tell who the main characters are because the strangest things will happen to them, and they will have both the most and the least agency to do anything about it. Yes. Oh, you saying that is very funny. If we're talking about Genda later, okay. Um, also, before I forget, I do want to make sure. Sh- I well, since I know that Lancer is a game about mechs, as you said, are mm-hmm. they mercs with with mechs, or do the do the giant robots come later? Because I'm a big fan of giant robots. Um, this this type of game is like you have the robot from the start. Like you, this is a you are a pilot of a mecha for this game. Um, the the entire Lancer is kind of like this. It's, imagine like the Lancers of like old, where they had their horses, right? It's your mount. It's what you fight with. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So like I... uh, the, the mech itself is as much of a character in the system as like your player character is, because mm, you can like okay. choose a lot of stuff. To, like you basically design this thing. Like you pick like a frame for it. You pick what weapons you want. You pick what skills it has. You pick what skills you have that interact with it. It's very it's very neat. It's a very like tactical game, and I enjoyed it a lot. Gotcha. Uh, I, I I appreciate that, especially because my my point of reference and also preferences when it comes to giant robots is Power Rangers, where mm-hmm, you have to mm-hmm. work for it, and Gundam, where they are very very large, and not not subtle, not easily transportable. Oh yeah, the, the, this the game like. The, the they're a bunch of sizes. Like the smallest mech ranges from basically a a large like suit of powered armor to like a mm. mech big enough that other mechs can like ride on it. Gotcha. And, like, okay. Dock on it, kind of thing. Like it depends what you want to do. But like generally, like, they I I, th- I think like it's stuff like imagine like a robot like thirty feet tall is kind of what they're going for in this one for the most part. Like all the normal size ones. Hmm. Yeah, and it's also like a saying where like these things are like common. Like people use mechs to like do construction work, to do mining, to do like military stuff, to do just, like it's basically like well, because a lot of stuff happens in space, and a lot of stuff like when humanity is like going to like colonize planets, you have a lot of rough terrain, right? You can't like take a truck around; you got to walk over rocks and stuff. So like that's kind of the, one of the you know one of those things about the saying. There's like, well, this is how it is. Even if like it's not the most practical thing, like shut up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I I laughed in the middle of you saying that because when you pointed out that in uh, in Lancer that mechs are commonly used as you know as as tools as hardware as appliances, and I just pictured <laughs> I just pictured someone in a sci-fi setting just driving a backhoe around the universe. <laughs> Yeah, except it has legs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Thank you thank you for the mech explanation. Mm-hmm. The mech explanation, oh, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like thematically this has a lot more in common with like Gundam than does like Sentai. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of the way it's designed. Uh, yeah. I don't think there are any like combining robots in this actually. I mean there probably are, but like they're not the 
main focus of it. You can, but chance. again, you can just do whatever the heck you want. Like it's a Tampa game, just like make stuff up, theater of the mind thing. You know, if you have a good GM, they'd be like, "Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that." Right? Yeah, yeah. So let me, so when I guess to go back to like my character here. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk so, about Bryn. <laughs> um, when I was kind of thinking about like what kind of person he is, um. I, I, I drew a lot from uh, uh, an anime called uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, it's specifically the character uh, Yang Wenli, who was a like uh, commanding officer in like the um, the like democratic uh, like side of this like two uh, like conflict in in the universe. There's like the democratic side, and there's like the side that was run by like an emperor, right? And he he was in this like, and it was really kind of an analog for like the U.S kind of situation like the it was all very like you know had your green fatigues and like the ships were all like like your your green style that like a lot of the uh, army stuff has here and he was like the type of commanding officer in this that was the kind of dude who like cared about his people underneath him right like because a lot of a lot of like people in this in the show like they're the kind of like military officers who like well all my men are are my tools and they're the pogs on the battle map and i'm moving them around to to achieve victory right mm-hmm. and and yang was the kind of dude was like well i'm not so much concerned with winning this combat as not losing right because he wants to preserve like the lives of the people that work on him because they're people right yeah. and, I, and i kind of thought about like well that's what i wanted for Bryn. like he's a he's a guy who he's in this military complex like he grew up in it because it was the thing to do but he's not really the type of person who's like a military officer in that sense where like he really cares about like doing the military thing and getting completing these objectives at whatever cost. Yeah. He was really just kind of like a, a middle manager in this situation. Like he, he did his work. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't really do anything that was like, he didn't go to war, right? He was yeah. an officer doing exploration. So he wasn't really, even though he was a part of this like military machine that was going out and doing military things and many of them were not you know tasteful as Mm -hmm. militaries tend to do well (laughs) i I think tasteful is probably putting it pretty lightly (laughs) yes exactly Uh, although i am glad to hear that it sounds like even though bryn may have been in the military he was not career military which i Mm -hmm. feel like is a pretty important distinction (laughs) well the thing was he was like, he would have stayed on forever if he hadn't gotten kicked out. It was just that he wasn't a part of it that wasn't, like, the going out and doing fights part of the mm. military. He was, like, in the scouts, like, going out to explore. Gotcha, and okay. a big part of his character, like, arc throughout the story that we were doing was, well, just because you yourself were not, like, compl- doing the bad things in in these, like, in this whatever, you know, colonial or powerful situations out there in the universe you're still a part of it and you're still in some ways complicit with what's happening Mm -hmm. you can't just like be a part of this thing and decide well that's not me right even because you're not out there committing war crimes because there are people are who are out there committing war crimes and he had to had to reconcile this as he went into his career as a mercenary between like the kind of the way he personally saw this organization that he was part of opposed to how it actually was and just, like, the parts that he wasn't connected to directly. Mm-hmm. Kind of reconciling, like, well, what does it mean for me when I had to acknowledge that, you know, I was part of this thing that was bad? Mm-hmm. And, like, what am I going to do about it now? 
am I going to just look away from it or am I going to like actually use the skills and, you know, connections I've made in all that time to make appreciable change in the universe? Mm-hmm. And so uh, our party, like we got embroiled in this like three, three-way war in this like kind of the, it was like the, like the edge of the galaxy kind of thing. Like it was away from like the actual, the influence of the military brain came from was like minimal in this area. It was yeah. mostly like, there was like the one like very like space religious faction. And then there's the one that's like full of fascists. And then there's the one that's like democratic and they all got their problems. Right. Mm-hmm. But like there are some mm-hmm. more worse parts than others. And so we basically spent two years, you know, fighting through, uh, like, doing missions for these various people and deciding, okay, well, we're going to work with these people because they're actually trying to make things better for people. Uh, a, a notable part of this um, setting that my the GMs had made, because it was basically a couple people were kind of sharing the responsibility of running the game, because it's a lot of work to run a TTRPG for that yes, long. So agreed. they swap out. <laughs> so... Um, what, one of the settings was was one of there was this um like basically native population of this Arab space that had been colonized pretty badly and basically like decimated and they basically took all the Vrindian people into like their military and said okay you're working for us now uh, all of your culture d- that's not important anymore like you work for us. And they basically mm-hmm. like, and they basically like glass their planet, kind of thing. Like you know, they, they drop the colony in and gun them, kind of thing. And um, so we were directly working with like the facts. Who's like, well, we would like that not to be bad. And so like the the main like so military guy, the like general that got Bryn off, like not got him like you know sent to jail for losing his ship, mm-hmm. and got him just dismissed from the company from the uh, the military. He had a daughter. And this is like a, a rich and powerful guy on one of these planets. He's like, okay, my daughter kind of needs to un- learn what war is so she can follow my footsteps and take over this military when I'm done running mm-hmm. it. You take care of her for a while. You go babysit her, take her out on some missions, let her get that bloodless out of her system and kind of learn what it is to do these things and send her back to me. Okay. Uh, which was... Ultimately, a terrible mistake in his part because Bryn is not a terrible person who wants to kill people, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he uh, generally he, he was the kind of guy who's like, "Well, I'm just doing my best out here. Like, I want to do right by the people who work with me. I want to do right by the people who are hiring me, and I want to like minimize like the chaos and destruction of the work I do because like it is a very real fact of this setting that you have to fight sometimes, right? There are pirates." There are people who mean to, like, you know, raise and pillage, like, whole planets. And you have to go out there and, you know, protect people from bad actors in the universe. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you need to go out there and, like, you know, uh, gun down dudes on the street that have guns who are trying to shoot you, right? Like, you can minimize the amount of damage you do in these things. And one of the – it's, like, that's it, a very, like, common theme in a lot of war media is, like, well, mm-hmm. the people I'm fighting – they're also people, right? And the mark of like a complex person who understands like, well, just because I'm fighting them doesn't necessarily mean that like these are, you can't just like pretend like, oh, they're like monsters in an RPG. They're, they're nothing. They're just, you're killing them and that's no problem, right? They're, they're real people, real, real problems. So yeah, he I, tried to like... <laughs> I am recognizing that this, that, that war media is apparently something that I... 
that I am not as familiar with as I, that I am not as familiar with as I thought I was. <laughs> this well, this is a, a big theme in Gundam, especially like the original Mobile Suit Gundam, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where like it's very easy when you're part of like a well, just look at our world, right? Like it's very easy to kind of otherize the people that, of your supposed enemies yes. across like whatever thing you're doing in any conflict and. Uh, generally what it is is a bunch of guys at the top who are like kind of deciding what's worth doing and who we're fighting and who and what what our objectives are and then you have like all the people on the ground who are maybe not totally bought into that or they're there for a paycheck or they're there because there's no other option where they came from and they want to get college paid for or something right and yeah it, these people aren't like comically evil like this isn't like a comic book <laughs> Like, this is the kind of the way things are in real life, right? Like, a dude who's, like, doing, like, guerrilla warfare in other countries uh, has a reason for what he's doing, right? It's not just to cause mayhem and destruction. Like, he's not the Joker. He's not, like, Lex Luthor in DC Comics. He's a guy who's like, well, I have been pushed against the wall and I have no other options, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, a big part of uh, what I wanted Brennan to go through is, like, kind of contending with that and being like, well... I'm also that, if you think about it, like, I started this this mercenary life because I had no other options. I have no other appreciable skills. I can't, like, get a desk job. Mm-hmm. I can't, like, go do anything else because this is all I know. And then you make the decision, then you go into it, and then people die. Because, like, when you're fighting in giant robots and, like, swinging giant swords and shooting giant bullets at each other, uh, casualties happen. And uh, yes. maybe <laughs> taking it... <laughs> and maybe, like... Uh, taking a 16-year-old girl out to do these things is a bad idea, but also, a like... A phenomenally bad idea, perhaps. Yes, but that's also a big theme in Gundam, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I I would... I, I, I would say categorically that the consistent themes of Gundam are... I might be pushing my own language reading here, but war is hell, and child soldiers are a universally terrible idea and should not be used. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, the nice thing about playing games like this is we can, like, explore these ideas about, like, actually putting children on the battlefield, mm-hmm. which is very nice. So, um... Yeah. Th- so through this campaign, like, Bran was, like, the leader of this mercenary group, which uh, my friends named the Hex Girls, because they love to drag me about witches all the time. Uh, I mean, that's also a Scooby-Doo reference, so it's also good. <laughs> it is, yes, yes. I pointed that out when it, we did it, and... I was very pleased they did that, even though I'd be like, oh my god, oh my god, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, through all this, like, basically, Bryn became, like, the the surrogate father for this girl he was basically raising now on the behest of her shitty military father. Mm-hmm. This girl named uh, Quinn. Uh, Quintessence was the full name she made for her. It was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, like, basically... What if a teenage girl had, like, terrible bloodlust? She didn't know any better. Because basically she has told all her life that, oh, yeah, these people are your enemies. They're just the scum of the earth. They are beneath you. They are nothing. Don't worry about wiping them out because, like, there's no problem there. Because that's, you know, what her parents believed and what they told her. Mm-hmm. And then she meets, like, um, a, 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 a another girl her age being used as basically, like, kind of a, a poster child for like the successes of this other military organization like oh yeah we've gone and we've t- gone out and we've we've saved these people from the the terrible life they had and now and this girl fights for us and she is is like 
just a basically a morale boosting thing to like get the other people from her uh like tribe into like, their their situation mm. and she starts talking to this girl and like un- learning that like oh she doesn't want to be there the things I'm doing are bad, actually. Wow, that was actually a war crime I did yesterday. That's not good. Um, no, it's, and, usually it's not. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and through that, like, Brynn basically is, like, there for her. It's like, hey, listen, like, I I just, you know, doing my best here. Like, I want you to treat you like a person, but also, like, some of the things that you've believed are actually bad ideas, and here's why. Let me tell you, as an adult who's here, and, and, and like, a man in my 30s, I understand that, like, you don't understand anything about the world yet, but I'm not going to, like, disrespect you about it, right? Because, like, a big thing about treating with, like, you know, teens is, like, you have to kind of acknowledge that they're full-formed people who, like, understand things. And even if you think they're a little bit dumb, you can't, like, treat them like idiots. Because we were all stupid teens at one point, right? Yes. Cat- <laughs> categorically, I think everyone has to go through their I am a dumb teen phase at some point in time. Yeah, it's just it's best if you don't do that in the battlefield, Yes, <laughs> ideally. So basically, uh, the big arc of this is like is he basically raises this girl, like helps her kind of develop as a person mm-hmm. to and like get this other friend out of out of the situation she's in. There's a bunch of nonsense that happens with that character. I'm not going to go into because it's it's way too much for this podcast. Because my the, my friend who who plays these characters is um uh she's a lot. <laughs> but ultimately like it goes through like okay i've raised this uh it's at one point it comes to a head and like mm-hmm. she confronts her dad and then i have to duel her dad because it's a game and like i have to like symbolically take over kind of thing i <laughs> i i'm thinking about how how it will go when when bryn and quinn meet uh, his actual biological daughter, who he has had no hand in raising because she did not exist yet when he left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that happened about like, probably halfway through the the campaign. We got a mission to go take care of something on the planet where his ex fiance was like the governor at this point. Ah, and and they show up and there's basically like she's like, okay, there's gonna be an attempt on my life. Uh, they're like they're like uh, assassins coming in from the other like the the people trying to take over this area to kill me so you guys gotta like you know take care of that and like and Brynn's like well this is kind of awkward <laughs> and she's like yeah um like I'm mad at you but also it's been like 35 years so like I'm not like still mad I guess <laughs> however and <laughs> that's very generous then of course of like their daughter shows up in a mech because of course she would have a mech um and mm-hmm. fights in this and I, I actually what happened what in that one is I I um I had GM like nonsense happen so Brynn would be like unavailable to fight in that session I played his daughter in the fight <laughs> so she could like meet everyone else first mm-hmm. and they could like be like oh she's super cool she's like a like a secret agent kind of lady like do, going out and, like doing missions and and she's like attractive and she fights with sword and and shoots missiles everywhere. And then about Brynn's in, like, oh, God, like, I, I see what's happening. And he, he like, because he's not stupid. He's like, well, I know who that is. I know what this means. Um, I guess I get a couple minutes to, like, kind of think about what I want to say while she's out there, like, destroying the enemy robots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they meet, and it's kind of like, 
like, she doesn't really care that much about him. Because, like, it, she's a grown woman also at this point, right? Like, when you're, like... Because if it had been, like, mm-hmm. a teenage thing, like, you can understand those feelings. But, like, when you're 30, it's like, well, okay, you seem fine. It sucks that you weren't around. I also understand why it happened, and that kind of sucked. But you could have, like, not gotten on that shit, my dude. And and I, Brim was like, yeah... Yeah, that's right. I couldn't. That's I could fair. <laughs> it is fair. I didn't. I, 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 I did not occur to me at the time that I could just leave. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so then they get to, they just kind of get to know each other, and you get like the the camaraderie you get on the battlefield kind of kind of relationship, right? Like go out and you fight together, mm-hmm. and you gain some mutual respect, even though there was like nothing there, because all because all the stories that she would have gotten from her mother were like, well, Bryn was like a guy in his 20s who's kind of boring. Like, he was a good guy, but he mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't call him, like, exciting or, like, dangerous or, like... He was like a he was like a guy with a desk job, basically. Mm-hmm. So they just liked each other because they liked each other, and that's just how it is sometimes. And things don't work out, and then... And she goes off, he's like, well, he was in the military, but he, kinda, he got kicked out, and he kind of sucked at it. So, like, what if I go to do the same thing, but I'm good at it instead? Mm-hmm. And that's basically what she did. <laughs> To, like, kind of fill that void in her life. Yeah. Which is very nice. And then they kind of confront something. So he's like, well, okay, I guess you are cooler than me. But, like, maybe <laughs> tamp back on the violence a little bit. Yeah. And real quick, real quick, Jeff, I don't think we mentioned what his daughter's name is. <laughs> his daughter's name I'm was... sorry, I missed it. <laughs> yes, um, it was Contel. Okay. Uh, which, uh, if you, uh, the astute listeners might notice, the, the, uh, all these names are um, various types of cheese. Uh, I have always been very bad at naming, like, my characters in games like this. Like, I'd go to, like, the D&D elf name generator or whatnot, and mm-hmm. I was never satisfied. And I was like, you know what? Toriyama, who does Dragon Ball, he just names all his characters, like, food. Like, like Vegeta is just festival. Yes, so what if I known. just like hit that Wikipedia list of world cheeses and just pick some names out of there? And that's what I've been doing for like eight years now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? I, I think that's a very fair naming scheme. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, his r- wife was named uh, uh, Pierogi, which is pierogi in Polish because it has cheese in it. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Dang it, now I'm hungry. <laughs> mm, mm, yes, I would love a pasty. Uh, so, God, what else? Um, um, real, I, real quick, I would love to hear about uh, the other people uh, in Bryn's party and kind of how their relationships, I guess, uh, informed Bryn, uh, not Bryn, Bryn's growth as a character. Okay, so uh, there was uh, a a lady named Lyra who was like. They, oh God, she basically played like, like the, like, not like the, always you have like the Russian, like badass fighter lady in like, in like Bond movies. Mm-hmm. It was basically that. She's like from like one of like the, the, she's from like the clanners in space, which is basically a bunch of people who are like nomadic people who just like live in gigantic spaceships and like go around space and just like send out missions from there to do like whatever they're doing. And like mm-hmm. her culture was like, well, we like to do duels and we like to fight, but okay. we're not, we're not like mean about it. Uh, and then there was uh, Scarlet, who was a woman who, uh, her backstory was she had been um, experimented on by, like, a medical organization for, like, basically prototype, like, body, like, modification stuff or, like, uh, 
to kind of because in the setting there's like a full like sensory suite thing you can get where you can basically like just like see through the eyes of your mech and you just, you're just like locked into like all its like nerves and everything but this mm-hmm. is like an earlier version of that and it like messed her up she basically had to like walk with like robot legs and like assistance oh, on like no. her spine and stuff because it had done this and and Bryn a part of Bryn's thing too is like well they did you wrong and I'm, I'm willing to help you kind of get back at them for doing these things because her backstory was like basically yeah my family sold me to this company and they just mm-hmm. did, had carte blanche do whatever because I was their property and then she escaped from it um, and so he kind of he helped her go through like track them down and uh, uh, basically get back at like the scientist and like CEO who like ran that thing um, he maybe wasn't as happy with like because she just did some murders to <laughs> get back to the back of this but he's like mm, uh don't get caught i guess because <laughs> like some like revenge revenge plot is a good plot um doesn't necessarily mean it's like a thing we should do in real life but sometimes you want like there are certain times where like yes in this story these people were objectively wrong they're bad people they were acting bad and they knew it but they did it anyways so let's um mm-hmm. not feel bad about getting rid of them um and then the uh, there was Quinn, the the girl, the sixteen year girl that was like his ward, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and her concept, oh my god, like her, the concept my friend came of her was like, yeah, she's like, imagine like a Twitch streamer, except she's like live streaming her mech fights, was what she did. Um, Isn't that just Diva or whatever her name is from Overwatch? Basically, yes. <laughs> uh, she actually she had a commissioned art of her character from someone on Twitter. And she sent them. You remember that gamer dress from like two years ago that looked like a uh, like a like one like basically a gamer chair, and the and the person was no. like, "I refuse to draw that. I am not doing that. How dare you?" <laughs> I mean, as someone the- as as a fellow artist, I can I haven't <laughs> seen this dress, but I can imagine it and I can sympathize. <laughs> yeah, it was basically like it looked like a gamer chair, but turned to a dress. It was very bad. Um, it was like very obviously like this is a bunch of dudes like what how can we market to the ladies that's that's sell, sell them some clothes and it was it was just the whole thing was very funny and very stupid mm-hmm. um and then the last character was um a uh, a woman named uh, Isidore who she was the the gotta go fast uh mech pilot where like everything is about just you know just go like going too fast she was like a, the pilot of like the ship they went around in. Uh, just always using afterburns, everything. Very fun, very reliable, mm-hmm. uh, like mechanic type. So we went out and we and Bryn, Bryn didn't really have. So Bryn didn't have like he had like his plot hooks for the story we're doing, but he didn't really have mm-hmm. anything he explicitly like needed to go out and like fix or achieve in his story. Right? He was he was more about going through this thing and mm-hmm. kind of developing as a person and supporting everyone else. Yeah, because um, I was kind of like voluntold that I was going to be like the the leader of this group before we started, mm-hmm. and like, well, okay, how do I want to do that then? Because like, I don't want to be like uh, a jerk. <laughs> I want to be like, because so, so Brim was the kind of guy who's like, well, I want to support my my comrades here and enable them to do their jobs better, as opposed to like, you go here, you do this, mm-hmm. you achieve this, you go over there, you fire that thing, kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of lead from the front mentality. The, <laughs> the resource manager. Y- yes, yes. <laughs> and 
and then just kind of dealing with a bunch because like Bryn was probably the the most boring of all the people in this group on purpose. I did I did that on purpose mm-hmm. so I could like kind of have room th- room for all the stuff and. But just to like being like the tired dad having to deal with all this nonsense happening around him with like weird space fights and like there's like alien nonsense and like at one at there was time travel at one point there was like a time loop that he wasn't a part of but he he was like well another character is he's like well I don't want to think about like being like a different version of me out there somewhere else so let's just not think about that let's just not worry about it it's not relevant to my life and he just like ignored it for the rest of the campaign okay (laughs) I uh, sorry I I want to loop back a little bit to what you kind of said about how Bryn Bryn was boring and that's that that is something that I personally have experienced where it's like you like you have to be able to strike a balance because I think it's important to have characters with like internal motivation like in mm-hmm. Bryn's case like wanting to wanting to atone for having served in the military and been indirectly party to uh to war and all of the associated uh, acts and crimes. <laughs> Um, but I also think it's important to have external motivators as well. And I mean, I guess in Bryn's case, that's, that's his daughter that's taking care of his team, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, I, I was thinking like, well, I'd rather find that through play and like kind of what everyone else is doing. Cause like, uh, especially like the leader, sh- like there's a le- actually like a leader skill in this, in this game. And mm. it's entirely about like enabling everyone else to do things it's basically like like here you go do that here's a bonus to do that thing so go ahead and do it and i took that Mm -hmm. skill because like well i want to enable everyone else to do cool stuff and Bryn can do cool stuff too right but i also want to be like well i want my my friends here to also you know be able to do the cool mech shit that they want to do within the constraints of this game so i i designed my character to do that yeah and i by the same token, I also can relate to, I also can relate to playing the support, because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's fun, and sometimes you're just you're stuck there in the back healing. You're like spare character development, please. Spare yeah. character development. <laughs> yeah. So about like I, I would say maybe two thirds of the way through this campaign, originally I had been running a mech called a Sherman, which is basically a mech about uh, getting really hot and shooting really big lasers. And not really getting up and close with with your enemies, right? Okay. Uh, about near near the end, I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to duel someone. I'm gonna have to like fight uh, Quinn's bio dad and like show him that like his ideas are bad and wrong and mine are good and cool. So I changed to a uh, a different mech that was like the gunslinger mech. It was all about like just shooting a lot. So I gave it like a bunch of like basically giant mech sized revolvers. And could get to a point where I could shoot mm-hmm. like eight times in a turn and just like unload on someone and just like destroy them. It was very cool and very fun. And I mean, uh, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at one point, because uh, it, tur- it also turned out her dad was like a cyborg, mm-hmm. uh, just because of course he would be. So at like, one point we we're like in a we we're like assaulting like a space station, and turns out he was there trying to basically kidnap back uh, Quinn from from him, and. Uh, the the mission that he was trying to use as a distraction, like we're just like obliterating the enemy as happens in, in these games sometimes. And so mm-hmm. the guy's like, well, I'm going to leave. It's not, this, this this has gone south. I cannot get her. 
I'm not in a position of strength. And and Bryn catching wind that he was there, he's like, okay. Uh, and I just like blasted across the map. I used a bunch of skills I had designed to like go really fast for a while and just like flew like halfway across this space station and saw him like getting into a escape pod to leave and just unloaded on it and just blasted him out into space. Uh, he was fi- he was fine because he was an android, right? Uh, like a cyborg. But it was also very satisfying to like wreck this dude who had been like getting a bunch of stuff up on us this whole campaign, like just mm-hmm. being a generally bad person. <laughs> yeah, and this is probably a pretty good inciting action if I had to guess to set up the the custody duel later in the game. <laughs> yeah, because the way that this this man, um, uh, Quinn's dad, had seen Bryn this whole time is like, oh, he's just like a, a useful idiot, right? Like he's just a guy who does his job, doesn't ask a lot of questions, I can very easily use this guy to get my ends done. He won't really question me or worry about it at all. And suddenly having someone who he considered his subordinate, even though at this point Bram was not in his military anymore, right? Mm-hmm. He was not actually his subordinate, but this man considered him as such. And having someone basically you know, talk back to him and be like, no, I don't care what you want. In fact, your ideas are bad. Uh, get the fuck out of here. And and then like I, I, I attack him in a way that is very embarrassing, right? Because mm-hmm. like men like that do not enjoy being embarrassed whatsoever. I, and that kind of turned yeah. in from like yeah, that turned into a rivalry at that point. <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's the, the, the that kind of thing I, I really kind of like exploring of this because, like, I mean, just like looking at like our our real world, right? Like. Me per- oh God, like do Bryn we have is to? <laughs> yes because Bryn is for the most part like his character is basically me like the same like personality kind of type where like I I am doing fairly okay I'm doing pr- quite well for you know wh- where I am like my career is going well I I don't walk for anything I my finances are fine like all that stuff and sometimes you have to kind of contend with like okay but other people aren't and like do I just like pretend that's not there and like look away from it it would actually like kind of like use my resources to mm-hmm. do anything about it and like the truth is like and we no one can fix everything right like we're not mm-hmm. every person is only so powerful you're going to do so much but like it's important to acknowledge that like well okay i've gotten this place i'm at maybe because some of this happenstance Sometimes you get lucky. It's not always like, well, yes, I have achieved. I have earned this all for myself. Mm-hmm. And then, like, pretend like, well, then obviously, like, I only care about myself at this point. And I don't like that, like, in my media or, like, in my own life. Because, like, that sucks. Like, I don't want to care about other people. And even in a world that's bad, we can still care about each other and, like, try to bring each other up and, you know, protect each other and everything. Yeah. And that actually is a good segue into one of the questions that I wanted to ask, which is, like, what kinds of things does Bryn do in terms of making amends or reparations for his participations in and actions within the military at large? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, because it was a game, it was, well, directly opposing that military force <laughs> in his own giant mech, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and, like, going out and stopping them from doing the bad things they've been doing. Like, one of our major missions was stopping this military force from glassing a whole planet. Like, just bombarding it from orbit. So we, you know, flew in and started and attacked them while they were trying to 
utterly annihilate an entire civilization because mm-hmm. they were in their way. And like stuff like that, it's cut and dry, right? There's, there's, it, you, it's hard to argue that you're like not in the right doing that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like so, like toppling uh, a toppling a corrupt and or a war siege of war engine will never be in it will never be an unjust action. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that's that's easy. But then when it comes to like, well. Now there's these other two sides fighting, and both of them have like legitimate grievances with each other, and both of them are also doing bad things in this conflict. Mm-hmm. And y- you kind of still have to take a side because of the lifestyle you chose yourself, where you're a mercenary. What do you do then? Like, do you just like try to minimize the, the damage you do, or do you go like, what do you do? And we thought we talked about that a lot because, like, uh, the people I play with, like, they're, they're all like pretty, um, kind of like minded about these things where, like, uh, like we would joke about like you know war crimes being committed in this game a lot, but like in real life, like that's not a joke. Right? Mm-hmm. And but like generally, like when when I was because I would kind of be responsible like for like deciding what missions we do like in in the game itself, like in character. Because I was the leader of this this outfit, like it was my company, and I, I made it clear like with the GM, like listen, uh, we're not we uh, like we can be lied to and we can like be set on missions that are what we believe they are, but I'm not like going to out intentionally and like commit these atrocities for anybody because like, that's not what I want to do. And that's not what my character want to do. And then we would now and then be confronted with like, we'd set out on this mission and it turns out that, Oh no, they want us to do bad things. And then mm-hmm. we would like, you know, uh, to deal that when it came up and be like, well, no, we're not doing that. Uh, actually we don't need your money and uh, we're gonna t- we're gonna you know stop you now kind of thing because which is a, a good character moment to do for a lot of times because like you gotta you basically like when do you decide well I have to stand for my principles right as opposed to just like nodding your head and going along with what you've been assigned to do mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's just you know what you've always done and like the Bryn from the the pre-campaign, would have just probably done those things and being stuck around a bunch of people who had been like marginalized and damaged by uh, like their circumstances in their past or came from like different cultures, like in this whole setting made Bryn kind of like sit back and go, well, I don't actually know what like the things that I wanted. So maybe they can help me kind of learn what I actually care about. And that's kind of, I found his, his principles and his identity was through these other people influencing him for the better. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like a redemption arc, but it was like someone finding out like, well, okay, like, th- like they, f- they found like Bryn at, at some point, like found like, here's the line in the sand that I would not cross. And this is Santa sect and I would not. And he wouldn't have before we started. And that was kind of the, the, the arc I was going for. And I'm glad it happened in the way it did. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, <laughs> we're we're an audio, and I've just been bopping my head in agreement this whole time. Yeah, yeah. Nodding, long pause. <laughs> it, but again, off you too. Like it's a it's a game for playing, having fun, and right. We're gonna go out. We're gonna pilot giant robots and and fight other giant robots, and mm-hmm. it's very cool and awesome and cinematic and 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 you know. I mean, we wouldn't have played that campaign for like two and a half years if it wasn't enjoyable, right? So like, it's just nice that because, um, okay. So, you don't know that much about TTRPGs, right? In general, like, you know they exist. Have you played any? Yes. 
I have. Okay. <laughs> I, I haven't played Lancer before, but I am mm-hmm. familiar with several systems of tabletop games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, of course, like the elf name is like D&D, right? Like, that's the big one. Yes, and among what, what, others. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I, I, I have a lot of opinions on TTRPGs, but the main one is, is D&D is popular, uh, not because it's necessarily the best game, but because of like a very long um, campaign of you know, marketing and, and whatnot from Wizards of the Coast for a very long time. And it is... I, I, I like when I find games that promote different, um, like, not necessarily even styles of play, but, like, games that, like, he- through, like, either, like, the setting or the mechanics of the game say, like, here, here are the things that this game cares about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a, like, you're playing Monster Hearts. Yes. Uh, a game about, like, you know, if anybody doesn't know, it's a game about being shitty supernatural teens um, all mm-hmm. the mechanics of that game are about manipulating other people, and you have no tools to not be bad mm-hmm. because it's kind of meant to reflect. Like here's like a, like an OS like a a CW kind of like melodrama about teenagers who are yes, also werewolves, and right? Real real quick, when you said like I I, I you said either like safety tools or tools, mm-hmm. you you don't mean that in context of like safety tools in terms of lines and veils oh trigger warnings you mean you mean tools isn't like it is a system that is not the most versatile for different styles mm -hmm. of play yeah yeah exactly like in the example of monster hearts the the rules of the game explicitly like all the you have to level up before you learn how to like deal with someone like an adult Mm-hmm. Like, everything is transactional in, in Monster Hearts, right? So, like, in Lancer, um, it's a game about, you know, fighting against robots, but also, like, it, it's a game where it's set up where you are going to be forced into these kind of, like, big uh, conflicts that are that shouldn't be, like, cut and dry, right? Like, because it, it's, a, it's a, um, a system where, like, with D&D, you have, like, all your monsters, right? And it's very easy to say, oh, yes, here are the... Here are the the apparitions from like the far planes. These are all just like gibberic mm-hmm. monsters. There's no can you, there's no pause about like you know fighting them and killing them. In this setting, like it's all people. There are no aliens in 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 Lancer. At the most, there are like uh, NHPs, which are like the AI in the setting. Which NHP stands for non-human person, right? Mm, that- so it's still like a sapient. But also, like these are things that humans made and interact I- with on a daily basis, right? <laughs> That that fe- that feels like a really limiting concept for me. Like I understand that it sounds like it sounds like Lancer is a pretty. It sounds like Lancer has definite roots in Gundam, in which mm-hmm, there yeah. are usually not aliens. But <laughs> I this is probably just my personal preferences. But that feels really limiting. Like mm-hmm. nope, all we got are humans out here. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like most most of the game is you're, you're a big robot, and there are lots of robots. <laughs> yeah, but still. Mm-hmm. But it's more so like the and there's a whole like section in the like the like the, the preface of the book where they're like, listen, like this is a game about like having conflicts with humanity. Like there are no, and they often will not be like cut and dry. This is the morally correct choice. This is the morally incorrect choice to take in these situations, and this is a thing we'd like to explore in this game. 
alternatively, you don't have to. Like, you can just ignore that and just, like, have, like, cool fights where, like, there's no there's no conundrums whatsoever and just do what you want. It's a tabletop game. But, like, mm-hmm. the, the people that wrote this thing were very, like, this is the kind of thing that we want to play with this. And we want yeah. to explore these and, themes because they're interesting. Yeah, and, again, this is part of the reason why, like, I... I am a big proponent of people playing tabletop games and like if you're playing in a if you're playing a game and you are not having a good time then you should I guess first off examine why it is that you are not having a good time playing the game like is it the table is it the system is it the setting is it the I don't know is it how much you are experiencing bleed like if you don't if you're not having a good time, chances are good that there's probably another system out there that you might enjoy better. And like, and I'm very glad because it sounds like Lancer was a very good fit for you and your party for what you wanted to get out of the play experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there's more to life than D and D. Think, please God, play yes. else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, just because it might be the most common, the most commonly recognized example does not mean that it has to be the be all end all. Exactly, exactly. You get it. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure what else. Um, it was also this is also like eight nine months. No, it was more than a year ago. Now we finished that campaign. Oh my god. Oh wow. Where's time go? Uh, categorically <laughs> speaking, nobody knows anymore. <laughs> no one knows where time went <laughs> or where it goes. Um. I guess, uh, so super quick, um, because we are getting pretty close to time, um, I wanted to ask, what is your, what was your favorite single thing, your favorite single stunt that Bryn got to do during the campaign? Uh, my favorite one was I ran one session and Mm -hmm. I, I had a, um, I had to get Bryn out of the session somehow so, like, everyone else could play. And he, I wouldn't have, like, a, be running a DMPC for that, that thing, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Bryn was, like, he was, like, a dad, right? So he had, like, his yes. laptop. He had his coffee. He, like, did all his work through emails. He wasn't, like, engaging with, like, a lot of, like, the future science stuff in this thing. He's like, no, my Outlook install is fine. Uh, and he, um, he opened a virus on his laptop that got into the station we lived in. And just made it go haywire, and then Uh-oh. disappeared, <laughs> due to due to the everything going nuts. <laughs> and then I just like basically had like a horror session where like all, all my friends kept getting like attacked by like station stuff, and like there was like an assassin who was trying to come in to kill us. He was like stalking around the station, and he got Bryn. He like he like put him like uh, Quinn had uh, in an earlier session, you know, like those those big mouth billy basses, right? She had somehow yes. got her hands like a giant fish from some planet and turned it into one of those. And huh. the assassin like crammed him inside that. And <laughs> and Uh-oh. eventually, somehow, I don't know what happened, but like, it like came to life while they were like trying to find Brynn like, in his room. And uh, uh, Quinn, who had this... I don't know why she had this, but she had this gun that we called the War Crimes gun. Because it basically just like shoot out like super hard, superheated plasma and just like obliterate things. And mm, but we yeah, always use like it. open door. <laughs> that, yeah, that and, violates and, several conventions. <laughs> yes, and Brim was like, "Give me that. You cannot have that." She kept like printing new ones, um, and she like hit him with that. And that was like the like the arc of like she's like, "Oh, oh no, there are consequences for my acts. I hurt somebody I like." 
that kind of kicked off the like her character arc of like not being a shitty you know monster that like your mm-hmm. father wanted to be um which i was very pleased with that because like it's just fun to like because i i always i i'm a very big proponent of making um interesting role-playing decisions that aren't necessarily optimal gameplay decisions right so i love when like i just tell my gym just just fuck me up right just just whatever you want to do just make it bad i will deal with it because i enjoy like getting out of bad situations right and Mm -hmm. and it was very fun to do that myself for one session (laughs) i I love that kind of stuff yeah i can understand that (laughs) Especially when, you know, it's your it's your own character that you're like, you're gonna get out of the way for the for the course of this session today. Mm-hmm. What kind of mean thing can I do to myself? It's okay, because it's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I guess then, uh, if you are ready, uh, if you're ready, Jeff, it is time for the last question for today. Okay. Uh, so the last question is uh, why do you love Brent so much? Why do I love Bryn so much? Uh, I think uh, I like Bryn the most because he kind of embodied the kind of like way I like to live my life. I mean, aside from like I, I never was in like the military or whatnot, but I, I, I want to kind of think that if like it ever came down to like something like really drastic, that I would be like, well, no, this is what I believe and this is where I'm going to take my stand here and like no one's going to convince me otherwise to like do bad things or like to hurt people because I don't believe in that kind of thing right like if society breaks down right I don't I'm not going to go out and like be like some kind of like like Mad Max-esque raider going out and like stealing and like hurting people I'm going to try to like you know help people around me to survive and you know keep their shit together and like that's what I aspire to, right? And it's it's nice being kind of kind of like live out those fantasies like a, a more grandiose way, where there are higher stakes than what normally appear in my uh, kind of suburban middle class boring life, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I like, and also like I just I had fun being like a tired dad character because like that's just how I feel in real life. Even though I am, uh, I am tired, but I'm not dad. But I'm like that age now, where it's like, well, I very well could have been. <laughs> yeah. Time just marches I, on. I am also not a dad, but I am also tired. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like be like, well, I'm tired of your shit, but I also have to deal with it. So let's just go solve this problem and just like stop playing the fucking Final Fantasy like. Uh, X, uh, Final Fantasy XI victory theme after every fight we do, please. <laughs> Turn that speaker off. But it's fun. Yes. Yeah, well, there was, there, then there was the one time there was like some sort of tragedy at the end of our fight it played anyways, and like the character's crying, and I'm like, oh my god, I knew this was coming. I knew my friend was saying this up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess then... Um... <laughs> I, I guess then uh, all that's left to say is uh, thank you so much, Jeff, for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, and then actually, this is the part where you get to let everybody know uh, where would you like to be found on the internet, and what would you like to shout out and or promote. I'm assuming you probably have something. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I don't do a lot of broadcasting myself, but uh, if you like witches. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter because every October I just retweet 
a bunch of witch art because it's drawn a lot in October. And this year, it started in September because uh, someone started their own hashtag and said, what if we just draw witches now instead of waiting for next month? So I've just been thriving for the last, last several weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, I don't post that much otherwise. Uh, uh, in general, um, uh, I was recently on a podcast called Imagine Me and Utena, Utena if oh, you're nice. aware of that one. Uh, they're going through a penguin drum right now, uh, which is very fun. Uh, they, I think, the episode just released like this week that I was on. Uh, I love talking about media. You know, it's it's fun to analyze things with your friends and kind of bounce ideas off of. Mm-hmm. So go check them out. They they've been running that podcast for years. It's been like, yeah, I six <laughs> years now or something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure that Imagine Me and Utah has been going on for longer than Wayward has. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And also, uh, the way I found you was through. Um, uh, the Cocos Table with uh, J- uh, Jake and Josh and uh, Shannon Maynard and oh, cool. uh, Alan. Yeah, they did that and they did like, the Pokemon one too. Like, that's how I. That's how I, I kind of. I think you're also on the that Sailor Moon podcast a while back too, weren't you? At one uh, point, I have not been on. I have not been on Sailor Business. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> if that's what you're thinking people, of. <laughs> some people have. Well, I found it was some long chain of events that got me from there to here. I will mm. say. <laughs> It's a, it, the the world of podcasting is a is a is a very interconnected web. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our own cinematic universe, something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. I guess then I will go ahead and uh do my own outro once I find where it is in my Google Doc. The Home for Wayward OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found through Acast and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is Violet by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. We can be reached at waywardocpod at gmail.com or at waywardocpod on Twitter. This podcast is partly recorded on the ancestral lands of the Kiakapui, Ka, Osage, and the Ocheti Shukalan Oyate. If you'd like to talk about Wayward or the other Corner Podcast Network shows, we have our own Discord server. Uh, the invite should be on uh, the various Twitter accounts for the different shows, but if you can't find it, uh, feel free to send one of us a message and we can get you set up. And I am always looking for guests to talk about their original characters on the show, so if you or someone you know is interested, feel free to drop me a line. Uh, I do have a Google form as well, which is the pinned tweet on the Wayward Twitter account. Uh, And that's just got stuff like availability, uh, like a basic character pitch, that kind of a thing. Um, Just simple stuff to let me get a feel for uh, your character. And as with all podcasts, it's always super helpful if you can subscribe and rate us on your listening platform of choice, because it helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So... Thank you all for listening. This has been Home for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. This is a podcast where I guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Hold up, I'm going to do another take because my cat, her collar jingled. I heard it. <laughs>
Do you like beautiful teenagers wielding swords? What about mysterious penguins? Or gay bears? But not those kinds of gay bears. Then you should check out Imagine Me and Utena. It's a podcast about the collective works of anime auteur Kunihiko Ikuhara. He directed some of Sailor Moon. You can find Imagine Me and Utena on Twitter at UtenaCast or wherever po fine podcasts are sold. Revolutionize the world, everybody!